Motown Rundown, welcome back, welcome in. It is Wednesday, December 1st. Time flies when you're having fun. How how we are in December already is beyond me. But we are It's here. beginning to look a lot like Yes, yes it is. Well, we did get some great snow over the last the last week or so. So we got some real snow um December 1st. I do have to before we start the podcast here today, I do have to say the last two weeks, I have just completely forgotten to post the episodes. Just forgot. What like they're mean? like, oh, they, well, you you post them on. So anyone that's so here's a plug, because anyone that is a, a listener of the show, if you're not subscribed on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, however you digest your podcast, go do that now, because Trent always posts the podcast. But sometimes Ryan Rabinowitz over here forgets to post them on Facebook and Twitter and my Instagram and Snapchat. So two weeks, two weeks in a row of forgetting to do that. Things have been hectic, but I'm not here to make excuses. So here's my, other, my next, my next Tebow. I'll be better. You'll never see anyone work as harder for the rest of the year than me. So we have been recording episodes. I just have been uh, brutal at my job. So thank you to Trent for getting those up. Apologies to the listeners for those not being out on the social media platforms at Motown underscore rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown rundown page. Um, but I digress. Uh, so December 1st, let's talk about Thanksgiving. We'll go back. How's everyone's Thanksgiving weekend? It was great. I, we, we hosted for the first time ever. So it was a lot of fun ever. Yeah. Well, usually we go- Thanksgiving is way better than going anywhere. Yeah, I agree. And this, and I Home say this advantage. and I, Every woman that probably listens to this or someone who cooks has to handle cooking. You don't even have to be a woman to do that. But like Could for my mom, it's probably a lot different. The fact that she's had to cook like a million different things. But for someone who does literally probably close to nothing on Thanksgiving Day, it's nice hosting. Yep. You can take advantage. Home field advantage. Yeah, home field perhaps. advantage. You know, you it's know not even spots. that. It's the bit I, I you can mix in a nap. It's yep. like, I don't know, everything's, it's not, you have control over the TV. That's like one thing that I, when I was younger, we used to go to my Aunt Raleigh's, God love her. But like, we used to eat dinner, I think, because the Lions always used to get crushed when we were younger. I mean, they, I mean, they were terrible. Mm-hmm. So we'd always eat dinner, like at the beginning to the end of the fourth quarter of the Lions. And every time I would go in and like try and catch like what's going on with the Cowboys game, I would like get yelled at. <laughs> and I'm like, it's nice now that I don't know. You get a little bit more control with the remote, which I think is a huge plus. Because I think I, I want to mix in some college basketball too, not just football. Right. Some people, some people are really bad with the remote. You got to have a feel for like game flow as far as not only do you have to know what game, how the game's going that you're watching, but like the like the secondary game too. Like people, you know, some people that are quick on the trigger, like hey, like there's they're not going to timeout here. We got to keep it on, but. You're missing plays. Well, the worst is when you're on the remote and you're entrusted the remote. First of all, I I agree. It's a tough position. But when me as a guy who, when I'm at the helm of the remote, I like to, I'm a quick trigger guy. I'm like, I see this place over. I know you have 20 seconds here. They're in the red zone. Let's go over to the old Miss Mississippi state game. Yeah. Some people like don't like that, especially my father. My dad actually like wants to murder me every time I have the remote. He's like, hey, come on, come on. I'm like, Dad, they're at commercial. Trust yeah, he's me. Like, he's like, Campbell's, Campbell's talking to the ref. He's like, I need to see it. Well, I mean, 
I mean, we didn't talk about the fact that I don't. I didn't watch the first half of the, of the Lions game because I was watching Ooh. Michigan State game. Point blank. Ooh. Did you? I mean, didn't you guys? I didn't watch a minute of the Michigan State game. I watched. Oh all my games. god! That's crazy. That is absolutely insane. I mean, I cover the team. I'm going to get plenty of Michigan State basketball this was year. Was that UConn? Yeah, it was a top 25 game. Yeah, I watched that. I watched. Yeah, I was. I was back and forth. I wasn't not. No, I no, I get being back one. and forth, but like, I mean, I mean, my family's different. It's just like clearly MSU is like above everything. So yeah. like, but I mean, I was, still, I, was like, I was checking the score. It's not like I wasn't in tune. If the Lions were like in the playoff, it probably is different. Like, it probably Lions are main, and then I probably got like MSU on my phone. But that's crazy that nothing, you're linking up. Nothing. You, you weren't even the at the Lions. game either. I, I know, I know, but nothing trumps the Lions for me on things. I will watch every snap uninterrupted. I will watch okay. the commercials. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I am psycho, but I know we said this pre-show, and I thought we have a lot of more rambling to go. We need to talk about the Lions first because we already mentioned it, and I just want to get out of the way. <laughs> That's I'm we fine can do with the that. picks later in the show. I just okay. want to. I want to get my spiel out of the way. Also, before we get into like the sports, do you guys have Spotify? Yes. I love the rap thing. Everyone who's like, oh, I don't want to see your Spotify rap. I love seeing other people's Spotify rap. I always look at them. I'm, 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 I like seeing what other people listen to. Some uh, some of these people, though, man, it's like, geez. Like, Raps would hate with mine. Well, someone came across someone came across mine today and was like, it, it was like five different techno artists and like their top five listen to songs like the last song was like written in wingdings it wasn't even like an actual i'm like how do you search up that song when you want to listen to it i just i just don't i don't know some people i just don't get it. there is a certain element though of i don't i don't need to see every page of your like oh this was the song that you listened to most this year and this was like the no, genre you just said this it, was the, mood, the bottom the page board. you show it off i don't like i i won't tweet it because i i generally don't think people care about what i think like in general, like they just like don't care. Like no one cares, but I enjoy when people post it. I don't know. People just like complain about it. It's like, oh, Spotify rap. I'm like, no one. I like judging people based on what music they listen to. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that. Yeah, it's it's interesting for sure. I will say that we get a little love this time of year because I get my buddies texting me. Yeah, me too. Motown yeah. was on their top podcasts or one of yeah. them. Shout out. Always, always at number five. Everyone that it sends me, it's always at number five. <laughs> Consistent. Was, I, five. I had a couple number ones on there. Send it to me. Really? Yeah, but that's awesome. We appreciate everyone. Thank you. What's up? We're going to talk about the Lions. Yeah, well, let's, yeah, let's yeah, do the Lions. Hey, hey, we've got plenty of Tigers on the way. Because Tigers is the big thing today. Yeah. But yes. I need to get lines out of the way. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. And I know Trent's going to get mad at me what I'm saying. That was the worst coach game I've ever seen by a Detroit Lions head coach. And it it's bad. not even remotely close. If you watch how that last sequence ended that football game, it was embarrassing. It was, like, dumb. The fact that they were playing – missed me with, like, the timeout penalty, whatever. That, that was crucial, yes. Giving away five yards on a crucial third down is like always a boneheaded move. Your secondary is lined up at the goal line on a third and five and a must stop scenario. You And there was timeout issues even before that happened. But the fact that you used two timeouts basically in a row and you weren't aligned correctly on the defensive side of the football and a crucial third down play, which you basically don't even know the situation because 
The only reason they would do that is because they thought, hey, maybe if they get the first one, we can still get the football back. I don't know what they were doing. It was the most embarrassing. It was the worst coaching display I've ever seen from a Michigan State coach, a Michigan coach, and a, and a Detroit Lions coach. I've In my entire life of teams that I've generally watched throughout my entire life, or like in this area, I've never seen a more embarrassing performance in a crucial situation. That was embarrassing how bad that was. It was very bad. I will pile on a little bit, Collins, because the – the play before the two-minute warning when there was about two They had to call minutes. a timeout, too. They didn't call a timeout there. Everyone knew it. I don't know why they didn't do it. The two-minute warning is a free timeout. Everyone knows that. And I just – you're exactly right, Collins. The cherry on top was the whole, oh, it's third and six. Let's play, like, ten yards off. And it's not like, even – like, Trent, they literally were losing their mind because they were yeah. – they, they were set up like that before. And yeah. then they called the two timeouts, basically – and they were still set up like that. Yeah, meanwhile, there's also like 16 players on the field. I don't know if you saw that, but yeah, like, Anzalone's freaking out, patting his head, doing the 12th men thing. He's like, we have way too many fucking people on the field right now. And he's just losing his mind. Look, I... That, I, I mean, it was... I've... I, and I'm not going to do like the bid picture thing, just not to be fired. Or I, I, you not as, might as well not even get into that. But like... If this was year two or year three, I mean, I would fire the guy right after because it was just laugh out loud. Like, whatever. The roster stinks. I'm not going to, like, go complete, like, whatever. My belief in Dan Campbell after that game has drastically dwindled, (laughs) and we already talked about that earlier, so it is whatever. But I I just – the sheer – it is, like, just stupidity. That whole sequence – was just unbelievable, and it was the most lions on Thanksgiving thing that could have happened. And when even like I'm out, like we're not emotionally like we're emotionally invested in the lions always. But this season yeah. they lose a game, you're like, whatever, no skin off my back. For the fact that they keep like finding ways for me to absolutely lose my mind when I'm completely out already, or that I've completely just thrown away the season and just basically said, Hey, you know what, man? Like it is what it is to rebuilding you. The fact that they keep bringing me in week in and week out to just make me pull my hair out and just want to punch a wall is actually impressive. And this week they did it again, because that was honestly one of the dumbest things I've ever seen on an NFL field, a college field, and maybe even a high school field. I don't even know. It was baffling. It made no sense. Uh, I will say this, Mike Valeni, and like the 97 one guys getting all upset that Campbell's learning on the job. Like I understand. I just, I am in denial. I, I know that I'm a completely different breed of fan than most of these people are. I am in total denial with Dan Campbell right now. I don't care. I'm not going to judge the guy. I'm not going to grade whatsoever. I would like to win a game. I would like to win maybe two games. I would like to draft Aiden Hutchinson, number one overall. And I would like to roll into next season and see what Dude, you can do I mean, with t- with Ugh. a few more receivers and, and get these guys healthy, get Okwara back, get Okuda back, get Cephas back, and then maybe we can start to judge the guy. But, Collins, you're exactly right. That was a dismal coaching display on Thanksgiving. Horrible. I mean, what's called? Speaking of Hutchinson, dude, Jesus. The fact, like, you truly don't, like, it's there's nothing worse than the fact that we kind of talked about this last week. This is just a quick side note. The fact, like, Michigan fans are unbearable to me, just in general. But, like, they're allowed to be unbearable. 
they actually won something of like substance or an indie they beat Ohio State. And it just the fact that I can't just like go back at them because that's what they I mean, I mean, we beat them, which matters, but it doesn't like going to Indianapolis matters too. So you have like, so, I don't know. It just sucks. I hate it. <laughs> I hate the machines like good. What is this? I'll, can I, I'll, let me, I'll get, I want to, I wanted to talk about that too. I want, there's a lot of like random stuff to talk about today, but yeah, we're a mess. We're a mess right now. Well, what's Whatever. called? That's we'll all we had to, to talk it. about the lines. That's, that was embarrassing. And I well, know Rams. you have your, Rams, what's your spiel on that? Yeah. They, get your spiel out and then you can talk, talk about Michigan before we go <laughs> somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, guys. Like, I don't, I don't know what you want from me. I really don't. I, it's, it's so like, it's just so unwatchable. I don't even it's it's hard to put into words because, yes, I thought I thought the coaching at the end of the game was just like you guys are supposed to be professionals. You know, like I know the guy's never been a real head coach before, but it's supposed to be a a coaching staff comprised of many ex NFL players that are supposed to know what they're doing and who are like gamers. And they just. It's constantly impressive with just how bland, like everything they do is just. And I gotta give credit to the defense because Dude, the defense has actually three straight been good. Weeks, three straight weeks they've held teams under twenty. Yeah, they've been good. It's just it's unfortunate that between Dan Campbell, whoever is calling plays, and I, I think the fact that Dan Campbell took over play calling, and you know, allegedly maybe Anthony Lynn was calling back to calling plays. The fact that Dan Campbell had the nerve to be like, hey, Anthony Lynn, we could be getting a lot more out of Jared Goff. Let me take over the play calling, and it's going to get better. And I, I've watched the Lions run, like, the same play three times in a row. Like, I, I like it's – it's there's no there's no words in my vocabulary that I can use to explain how bad of a quarterback Jared Goff, Jared Goff is – it's embarrassing that he was recruited out of high school. It's embarrassing that he was drafted number one overall. And, and I have news for everyone. Jared Goff's ne- next year is Jared Goff's last year in the NFL as a starting quarterback. So I hope his family, his grandmother, his nieces and nephews, I hope everyone is watching closely and is huddled around the TV for every appearance that he makes in a game for these next two years, because that's it. After this, I mean, just just the the sheer lack of talent and like, you know, just ability to make people better. And it's the same thing every week. He's not mobile. Whoever in that in that organization that has enabled Jared Goff to every time he gets pressure to turn his back to the entire play roll out to the opposite way of, of where he should be going based on the fact that he throws the ball right-handed and just completely, for lack of a better term, shit all over himself constantly. It's like, it's, I, I, I like, I have no like faith in humanity after it. There, there's just like no, even like the one, I remember the one shot he like threw the ball downfield that was like 40 yards over someone's head, the touchdown pass to, uh, what's his name? The new guy Reynolds. Reynolds. That was like, like me throwing a football in my backyard with like spaghetti sauce on my hands in the, in the freezing cold, like wounded duck. It's, it's just the worst. It's one of the worst football products I've ever seen and how the New York jets have a win and the giants have wins and the Jaguars have wins and the and Texans, Dolphins, 
and the Texans. Dude, these teams, they, these teams just stumble into wins too. Like they, they, but but we can't even we can't even do that, Trent. So no, that's I, what I'm saying. It's 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 even more ridiculous because the Houston Texans on paper right. are our worst team. But I mean, just... we'll we'll do the picks later. But we were saying before the show, what which is just the most gen, like to complete, to be completely genuine. I have no idea who the Lions are playing this week. I don't know where the game is. I don't really care. That's just where I'm at. For me, I, another thing that bothers me too is like we've had this conversation before about the backup quarterback situation. How Tim Boyle went to Connecticut, and then I believe he transferred to Eastern Kentucky University. He has one full year as a starter, obviously went undrafted. How that guy, like there's no one else you can find in the world. How about Johnny Manziel? How about where's Jake Rudock or Shea Patterson or guys that played real football like in, in, in life? And, and how Tim Boyle is on an NFL roster, let alone the Lions roster, like we couldn't have been a part of the Cam Newton sweepstakes. We couldn't have, we couldn't have kept Chase Daniel around. We couldn't have gotten Colt McCoy. Like the, the team is just a mess. And, and like you said, Collins, I have no faith in Dan Campbell. I don't, he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't And the whole learning on the job. It's the NFL, dude. This isn't like a, like you, you put in mad no five and you play like head coach mode. Like this is real. Like people's people have families, people have jobs and people have responsibilities that people like a, a lot of money to do these things. Dan Campbell has done absolutely zero to prove to me that he can be a legitimate head coach in this league. Do the teams kind of hang in there? Sure. I guess, you know, if they want to take away those moral victories, has the defense been playing hard? Sure. I suppose, but he doesn't make any coaching moves that, that, that mean anything. You know, he's not sitting Jared Goff and going, Hey man, like you suck. So we're going to try something else here. And Brad Holmes, like, is, is he alive? Does he do press conferences? Is he talking to the media? Are there any, there's no one on the roster that he can move for a draft pick. Like there, there's, there's no like, hello, you know, he's the GM, the roster stinks. I'm not saying that you have to make, 15 trades every year when your team's not good but this team has done nothing besides get washed up players from the rams between reynolds and brockers who stinks and golf they it's it's here's your you people want to complain about patricia and quinn and the patriots way well let me i got news for you guys they got a lot of former rams on this roster that haven't done anything to, to, to support this team. So this is just the beginning. Let's take so, a breath. Great. Going, take. going forward, dude, please do not ask me if I have, if I was am watching any games, cause I'm not, I don't, I can't, I have no time for it. Cause all I do is get angry. I don't like being angry. I'm like the Hulk. I don't, I'm like Bruce Banner. I, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't care to get worked up. They're a disgrace. The head coach is a disgrace. The team stinks moving on. Let's go back to college football. I do want to throw in here too, as I'm now, as I'm heated now and I'm ranting, I would like everyone to know I spent Thanksgiving dinner in my room. I was sick all weekend. I worked on Wednesday night. I worked the wings game. I went to pick up everyone from the bar and we went back to one of my buddy's houses. Cause I'm a good guy. Went all the way to Royal. Wow. Oak what a team guy. Picked everyone up, went back to the, went back to my buddy's house. And you know, like, when you can tell, like, I'm going to wake up sick tomorrow. Well, that was happening Wednesday. 
I was sick on Thursday. I ate Thanksgiving dinner in my room. Didn't get to see any of my family. I was sick on Friday. I didn't get to go to brunch with my friends. I didn't get to go to the concert that I was supposed to go to. Michigan Rattlers didn't get to go to that. Didn't get to go to the state game on Saturday either because I was still sick. So not to be all woe is me, but I would like to publicly call out my immune system, who has been an absolute joke. I have been sick more times this month than I have been in like the last two years. I'm not even kidding. I was sick two weekends ago, like pretty bad. I was sick again this past weekend and I'm still not at hundred percent. So my immune system that is now being broadcast to the entire world needs to figure it out or something's going to have to change. You got to drink more, drink more fluids. I'm going to have to start taking anabolic steroids or something. Something has to give because this has been an absolute joke anyway. So we go back to this weekend, college football. Because this, we want to talk about this as we're now all over the place. We will do Tigers next. Yeah, Collins, you made a good point. We talked about it last week. Like one of the great things about being a Michigan State fan is you always have that over Michigan fans' heads of like you couldn't locate Indiana map if you tried, but whatever. And now they've they've got over the hump. They credit to Michigan, like they dominated that game. They kicked like, the shit out of them. That was that was that game right there. The way that Michigan played is everything that Michigan fans have like conjured up in their brain of what they thought they actually are or were throughout the Harbaugh area. And they really haven't been like for the majority of my lifetime. Like that was it. That was like, this is Michigan. We're going to beat you up. We're a real football school. So congratulations. The thing that I, I can't, again, Michigan fans are, it's the most insufferable fan base on the planet. And I think a lot of that comes to fruition in a game like this, where you see people posting on their Instagram stories of like, yes, oh my gosh, go blue. Like just to like be a part of it for the day, you know, people that didn't go to the school, people that don't watch football, but just like, oh, you know, I'm, I don't have any allegiance to anything or anyone because I'm a lifeless loser and I don't, I don't mean anything to society. So I'm just going to post a picture on on my Instagram story of, of the, the box score. Like I actually watched the game and like, I care. So people like that, that just goes to like, and it's another reason why I can't stand the fan base is just because like, it's literally comprised of people. Well, they're allowed to though, Rabs. They, why? why? It's just embarrassing though. Like that's, I'm just saying like, they're a lot, you're not, so the team you root for, you're not allowed to be happy. No, but I'm saying that I don't, I don't even think some of these people like root for the team. I think it's just like, it's like one of those like social media trends. Yeah, but uh, people do that with Michigan Michigan State too. When people do really though, not, not, not Well, It's different. It's no, it always is. Especially because we are, Aside, from, yes, yeah, we are but, all from Metro Detroit. Like it's a little bit different. It's a higher percentage of the people are, are Michigan fans, and that's Metro Detroit is like the epicenter of Walmart Wolverines. Sure, but like but, I honestly don't care if you went there or whatever. But like they're allowed to be obnoxious. They finally beat Ohio State. They're going to Indy. Like. And you know what? The the uh, the other it thing sucks. Is- I hate it too, Raph. But I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be like. It's not like undeserved, like a lot of the stuff that it's not no, like, I my cap. Ball, like two great. weeks after they lose Michigan State, bringing up the refs and talking about this and stuff like that stuff. Like you can just be like, OK, don't play in your little like playpen over there. Hardball. Guess what? They're at the big boy table now. They won something very substantial. They're allowed to like be obnoxious as much as I hate to like do it and say stuff like this. They're allowed to. They, yeah, like they could have easily let the MSU loss derail their season. They didn't. So you got to give credit to them. Hutchinson's so good. I want him. I want him number one overall. 
I do not I, want the Stimino uh, guy. He's already got injury concerns. He's Jadavian Clowney 2.0. Give me Hutchinson. He's Hutchinson's the next TJ Watt. Guys, I, I tip I tip my cap. You know, it's just it again. I is is everyone that is close just say to me you knows. tip your cap, but I hate Michigan because that's how I feel. Well, yeah, I just I look. I was a I was a Michigan fan for my entire life. With my mom, my mom's born and raised in Ann Arbor, so I grew up a Michigan fan. I didn't know any better. Um, obviously, and that's that's my other thing too, Collins. That I can't stand. I have I have buddies. And I am like very aware of people in the world that go to Michigan state that still root for Michigan, those people. And I want, I want those people to know. And again, I, I love many of these people that I'm about to talk about. Anyone that goes to a school, especially like in a rivalry, like if you go, if you go to Michigan state and you still root for that school's rival being Michigan, you are like scum of the earth loser. Like I, I like you're a loser and that's fine. Like you can be a loser. There are many, there are many, many losers in the world. And that's in, in Collins. I'm going to say dessert. Like when little brother stuff comes out, those people are like what perpetuated because Michigan fans will always have that over Michigan state fans of like, yeah, you got a bunch of kids that couldn't get into Michigan and like a lot of people still root for Michigan, even when they go to state, that's fair because those people are out there. And we know many of them. Some of them are Impact alumni. Some of them are still currently with Impact. We know who I'm talking about. I have friends like that. It's I don't okay. think he does. He I'm not gonna say his name because he probably won't listen to this. And we say his name, we'll probably listen to. Him. I don't think he. I think he's made the switch. No, no, no. Still, I well, I I I don't know who we're talking about exactly. In totality, we, we're talking about the same person. But I went to I'm high five him after the win, and I got nothing. So. There are, there are, I'm just saying there are people out there, many are, who are close friends to me, who I went to school with. Well, no, those people, it's just a crazy thing. And I think Michigan, actual people who went to Michigan, think they would be losers too. Yeah. So it's okay. Like there are like, there are losers in the world. It's fine. And I don't judge you for it, but I just, you have to know no, that that's a loser like move. who you are as a person in life. Like, yeah, you are like, a loser. Yeah. But you're but Doug Karsh, my... dude. That's what Doug Karsh did. Doug Karsh went to Michigan state. Right. Loser. So anyway, yeah. but, but um, my, my point being is like, I grew up a Michigan fan, you know? So there's a certain, there's a certain element there of it's like, I, I have been through the throes of knowing what it's like to every year, like walk into a room and know that you're going to get your face caved in. And like, there's nothing you can do about it. Like, it's like, you're, you're having like a, like, not, what is it called? Uh, when you're like frozen in your sleep, you're having a dream. What's that sleep called? Paralysis. Yeah. When you're having sleep paralysis, like you can't wake up. Like it's, you know, like you're watching yourself, whatever. So I am very happy for my friends that are Michigan fans, because that is a huge win. And that is a statement win. And they legitimately now, I, I think they'll go roll Iowa, but you know, dude, they're not going to play the national title game. It's just, it's just, a. It, you know, they're staying humble. Say, is not, I'm, I'm coping with it too. It's bad. Staying humble is not possible with that fan base. But again, you know, the people that well, like they don't have, I mean, they deserve the, but, not but, to be. but Collins, the people that are like rubbing it in Michigan State's face of like, oh, well, like, the, at the same time, you can't really do that based on the fact that we beat you. Yes. And we're and at we've very been to different two stages, different, two different times. So that's where very it's like, different stages of what right. the programs are at. Like Harbaugh finally got over the hump. It's year seven for him. You got to give him credit. They retooled. He did everything he had to do. But at the same time, 
You look at Michigan State, they went 10 and 2. They're projected to win four and a half games this year. And then people to be like, oh, that's what changed. Expectations did change after you started eight and Yes, I would agree with you. It was disappointing they lost to Purdue in the way that they did with the fact that they didn't come to play in West Lafayette. Yes, it is annoying that the fact that they just got boat raced by Ohio State and it wasn't even a game. That is fair. You can't point that out. But you also have to point out the fact that it's year two. I'm sorry. Like, it, yeah. it's just like that. And the people are like, oh, you're just envious. Yeah, I want to be an indie. I'm not a fucking loser. Like, like you want to point that out to me? Yeah, I want to be there. Obviously. I don't know. It's whatever. I did. Yeah. Uh, the fact that they're, I mean, Iowa sucks too. God. Uh, whatever. Yeah, well, hey, if, can if we talk anyone, about Tigers and start yelling? Yeah, about we can. If stuff? anyone, if anyone, uh, if any Michigan fans out there need like restaurant recommendations, hotel recommendations, uh, for Indy, you know, you're talking to three guys that have done it twice, so we we can help you out. Did you, you know, welcome? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying, as far I mean, as my, I went my three fandom, times, so yeah. Well, Collins, may, talk to Ryan Collins. Welcome, welcome to the big boy table, Michigan fans. We Indian can finally start to take it seriously now. Lucas cool city. Oil is actually sweet. That's a cool place. Cool, cool city. Um, okay, we can move on from that. I don't. I mean, big big win for state. Finish the job at home. Awesome game to watch. Love the snow game. Like. That was cool. There was a, dude, there was like a lot of students up there for a Thanksgiving snow game. Yeah, those those games too, like always are really hit or miss with the crowd. Obviously, it's what's crazy to me is like, oh, in the last, you know, my recent memory of those Penn State games, I went to the one in the rain when Coughlin hit the kick to win the game. That was great. Yeah. So did I. But, but, you know, those games are hit or miss of like, there's that element of Michigan State fandom. It's like, oh, well, if the game doesn't mean anything, like. Well, the problem is they – First of all, that Penn State game wasn't the same time of year as this was. And the Penn State, Michigan State should always be the last game of the year if they're going to play, if they're both in the east side of the division, because I think both fan bases would agree that they would rather play them than either fan base having to play Maryland or Rutgers, which are usually irrelevant. So I think both fan bases would agree on that. Um, The problem is the way that they do it – my but my actually my brother-in-law mentioned me to this, and I bet Michigan fans would be all for this too, because it would make the Ohio State game ten times better for them too. They should just move the college football season up one week before Thanksgiving. I know they're never going to do that, but like it makes it a perfect scenario. Say like, say you're a team like Michigan, they beat Ohio State like two weeks ago. And last weekend is the Big Ten Championship during Thanksgiving weekend when everyone has time off you can kind of go travel on that Friday to Indy. Like, think about that. That's like, a, I, it made sense, right? And you could play championship games and all these conference on like a Friday at noon or a Friday at 3.30, and you spread it out between two days and you actually have a championship weekend. My like brother-in-law mentioned that to me. I'm like, that's a fantastic idea. But I don't know, whatever. I'm just saying that was a – Michigan State at like their season ticket holders are very loyal people, like very, very loyal. Mm-hmm. Like that three nine season. I would have been there if I wasn't fucking sick. My fucking no, no. That's what I'm saying. I'm over. Just, it's a very, it's a very loyal bunch. Like regardless if they're good or bad, they're gonna be there because it's I, that's just how they are. And the students is not like like that. But I don't blame I. Everyone who complains about students leaving games early or like students not showing up have never sat in those student sections, have never actually gone to games as a student. I personally would stay and do that stuff. 
I'm also a lunatic. I'm also live and breathe green and white. And there's, I know there's tons of Michigan fans who like bleed maize and blue. So they're going to stay through everything and whatever. But when Michigan State's up two stores and it's Maryland and it's 15 degrees and you're hungover already, you <laughs> eat a water and I have to stand up for another an hour and a half. Yep, rice a case calf. It's like, it's just insane to me that like a 35 year old dude's like, this is embarrassing. This 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 team deserves better. Just miss me with that because you've never actually like. It's just a basic human like instinct. You're like, I'm hungover. I'm really really cold and I'm hungry and I probably need to take a nap if I want to do other things tonight. And that's how most college students think, unless you're a lunatic like us who at like I'm just saying. Right. Not every college student's like. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Michigan State's doing up front. Like, should they move Jarvis <laughs> to the right side of the line? Yeah, like, not exactly. every like. There's some casuals at every school. So I, I mean, regardless to go to Michigan or Michigan State, that stuff always pisses me off. Is uh, I Kenneth Walker's not winning the Heisman. It seems like based yeah, on which, like, how the I odds mean, have I, moved. I, I don't want to talk about it because I'm gonna get very mad about it, but. Whatever. I just what I, it makes me sad. JJ, I mean, he's got to go to New York, can, right? I mean, the problem is Michigan State can blame like themselves for just like benching them after the first half. In this, in the Penn State game? No, the Ohio State game. The I think Ohio he was State hurt game, though. They, he had seven carries. Yeah, I think he was banged up though. Was the they shouldn't the even thing. played them then? I just I don't they did it did him a disservice well it was it was twofold because not not only did they did they like bench him and like not get him any run or be able to even block for him so he could he could do anything but they played so bad they gave like cj stroud some legs to to be in the high he's not gonna win it but i think walker had like seven carries he had like 35 yards two of those carries were fantastic plays by walker too but i mean i like that's like the the number the Heisman is such a statistics award. You're not really gonna like, whatever it is, what it is. He's not gonna win the award. I bet it's gonna be the quarterback from Bama or Stroud or even Hutchinson. I don't like say oh, Hutchinson man. has two sacks this weekend, which I would blow my brains out if that happened. I really would. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh, so let's real quick before we move on, um, because we'll we won't be recording again until after the uh, conference championship games. So what what are we thinking for? For let's God, there's so much to talk about with college football. With like the coaches moving around and fuck, what do we do? Hell, I wanted to talk about like the the playoff picture, like scenarios. So what are you? Of, are you because we're Michigan State fans? Are you doing the thing that I think? Oh, no, I have the did. roadmap for Michigan to lose. I have it. No, there's not a road. I mean, Michigan loses the. They're not losing Iowa this weekend. I just truly, they're just better than them. They're just way better than them. Dude, it would. Wouldn't it be the most classic Jimmy Harbaugh pucker if they? uh, If they did, Jimmy Harbaugh's never been to Indianapolis, so I, I can't. I feel like this is a very different Michigan team, and so I, I think they're gonna hammer Iowa. But if you're asking me, would you rather have Michigan State in the New Year's Six Bowl? or have Michigan lose to Iowa, I would rather have Michigan lose to Iowa 100 <laughs> out of 100 times. Yeah, and the people too. calling me a loser or whatever, you can call me all you want, but you also don't understand what the college football playoffs going to look like this year. Because if Michigan beats Iowa, there's a very good chance they can go to the national title game. Yeah. Because they're probably going to play – if Georgia beats Bama, they're probably going to play either Cincinnati or like Oklahoma State. And I think Michigan's better than those teams. And then Michigan gets the national championship. Who knows what happens? Who says Hutchinson does have like five sacks that game? So like 
if anyone's going to ask me that, like, you think it's unbearable the fact that Michigan won the Big Ten East? Imagine if they won a national title. So, like, yeah. if, like, <laughs> and, like it's all oh, right to admit that I want Michigan to fail. It's fine. Like, yeah. we can all just be honest with ourselves. And I'm being honest. I want them to lose. I'm sorry. And people yeah. are like, well, that affects Michigan State. It doesn't really take away anything from, from Michigan State. It doesn't. They're either playing at the Fiesta Bowl or they'll play at the Citrus Bowl. It doesn't matter at this point in Mel Tucker's tenure. They deserve to go to a New Year's Six Bowl. If they get screwed out of it because Iowa beats Michigan and Michigan can no longer go to the playoff, it's a win-win scenario. Michigan wins. Michigan State goes to New Year's Six Bowl. Michigan loses. I don't have to hear about Michigan winning the national title, okay? Yeah, well, that's the thing. If they lose, there's no way that they're in the playoff. I think everyone knows that. Just because well, yeah. There's just too much going on. So still they a good got season, but still. win and you're in for Michigan. Win and you're in. It's that simple. Yeah, I, it's, I, I, it's probably a waste of time to talk about scenarios and whatnot of, like, if Michigan loses and Cincinnati loses and – you know, if Bama loses, like I, it's just who knows. I like I, I could see Baylor sneaking in. Baylor beats Oklahoma State. A lot of craziness happens. Notre Dame could get in with no coach. I can go coach Notre Dame. If anyone wants that whole stuff is bananas too. With Brian Kelly taking off and Lincoln Riley, to, it, I don't know. Should we just move on? Yeah, Someone move tell on. me to move on. Okay, move so on, let's, Rabs. Let, let's talk. Uh, Let's talk Tigers here as we now get back on track with what the uh, Motown rundown was uh, designed to do, which is talk about Detroit sports. So now we've been we've been kicking the can around for a bit here, waiting to talk about, you know, the big the big free agency hole. Um, It's shortstop that uh, that the Tigers are looking to fill. So finally, our answer has come. And this was off the heels of. I got to give credit to the Rangers, man. Like, good for them. Good for that GM for that owner, for pulling out the checkbook. They go get Marcus Simeon. They go get uh, Corey Seager, and they're going to have probably one of the best middle infields in the entire uh, in the entire league. They do have and the best middle John Gray. in baseball. It's, and, and they get John Gray, too. If you're a Rangers fan, are you just like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> probably, dude. They, like, they, they're not they, good. Like, the rain. The Rangers have been like bad, but like I don't think the Rangers are anywhere close to where the Tigers are as far as like no, they, the Rangers aren't gonna be good competing. either next year. They won't be good that this is like kind of what I mean. I, I don't know if you guys remember when San Diego went all in for like three off seasons and it's eventually it's worked out. I don't know what the Rangers like farm system looks like, but do you remember when San Diego was like, okay, we're gonna pay Hosmer a ton of money? We're going to play Machado a ton of money, even though they sucked. Like, they did that, and then eventually it worked out, so maybe that's, like, their plan. But it's just so – what a random, random, random move by Texas. But, hey, I respect it. At least they have an actual owner that's – Yeah. Well, an actual owner that runs their team. Good for them. Um, but, so, as far as – we'll go back to the Tigers now. Obviously, the big news. Uh, the, the answer at shortstop is now uh, presumably – and I say presumably knowing that that is the answer because – there's those people on Twitter that are like, wait for Correa to get announced too. Like they're gonna go, which I, which is just not gonna happen. And it was it was pretty evident once once talks started to come or like or, or word came out about how they're not interested in paying up, you know, upwards of three hundred million for a shortstop or any, let alone any player. Um, and then you see Seager's numbers at three twenty five million. Um, so hobby bias it is for the uh, for the Tigers. Six years, 140 million, I believe. I think he turned 28 like yesterday or something. Like he just he just turned 28. 
Um, I believe if I'm, I, I should have a stats pull up. I think he hit like 31 home runs and like 76, 78 RBIs last year. Uh, 65 so, RBIs, 83 hits, 48 runs. He strikes out many, a lot. That's the big deal. How many homers did he have last year? I just made up uh, that he had 31, correct? That wasn't even close. Well, I, I can't tell exactly. He hit 248, and then he hit 299 with the Mets. So Yeah, so e- either way, obviously Javi Baez was was part of that cleaning of house that Chicago did at the trade deadline this uh, this most recent season. Um, you know, he parts ways, Rizzo parts ways, Chris Bryant part, parts ways, who I believe Brian and Brian and Rizzo are still free agents. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, there's, I guess there's several ways to look at this. I mean, you, this is your answer at shortstop and I guess other players left on the table, you know, Corey Seager was a guy that I would have been very happy with to have even Marcus Simeon to play him at short. I think he's probably more of a second baseman by trade, but um, I would have been fine with Marcus Simeon, to be honest with you. Probably, uh, I'd probably ra- rather have Hobby than Marcus Simeon. But you know, Corey That's Seager would have been great. True. I completely disagree. Corey Seager would have been great. Obviously, Correa was the pipe dream. I have to imagine that he's just going right back to Houston for some obnoxious money. So, I don't know. I mean, it, it's a pretty, it's a pretty fair price, I would say. I think the best thing that Javi Baez has, in my opinion, with Javi Baez. I would put him in that like controversial player category because you've seen moments of hobby. I'm surprised bias. you don't hate this, Rabs. Well, 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 I well, he's exactly we talk- the type of guy you don't like. Before we no. talk about his actual skill set, can we just mention that the contract is an absolute steal? The the value is incredible. Yeah, it is. You, it you is. get an under 10 year contract. Like we're we're thinking we're gonna be tied down to another Miggy like contract with some dude. No, yeah. it's, it's a six year deal. Yeah, so that's that's solid. I, I would say Javi's controversial from the standpoint of like he's got moxie and that rubs people the wrong way. Cause like you you see flashes no. of <laughs> well, dude. I'm my point is you've seen flashes of Javi Baez where like the whole play with like the Pittsburgh Pirates where he like runs the first, runs back to home, somehow ends up like safe at first, steals like I, I, I like that he plays the game really hard, and I think he's a pretty like pretty crafty clever player from the standpoint of like he's he's always engaged in the game like he plays the game fast he plays it hard I like that as far as me not liking him like as a player I think he's fine I didn't really care for the fact that he like kind of got into it with Mets fans last year after being there for a cup of coffee but I mean I, I think it's a tremendous tremendous defensive upgrade which to me is so huge like just from watching this team be so bad with 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 at the shortstop position last year. But with that being said, he swings and misses a ton. And he's, you know, I, I think that he, the positive for Javi Baez coming to Comerica Park is that I think he's going to hit a lot of triples and doubles for this team, just based on how the park configurations are set up. Um, but, you know, it, it, it to, to me, Collins, I'll finish with this before I let you hop in. This is not like an impact bat to me. Carlos Correa is an impact bat. Javi Baez to me is a very good defender. And, you know, he can be a steady component of your lineup. That's probably going to bat. A little hit for power. How about that? Yeah. From 240 to to 270. And he has the ability to hit for power. And as long as he's not a shithead in the clubhouse, then whatever. I'm just, I'm just bummed out because it, it just seemed like everything was pointing to like the Tigers were getting Correa. Like they're opening the checkbook, they're getting Correa. I'm sure Correa will probably sign for 340, 350 mil. And Chris Illich, for whatever reason, decided we're not going to do that. So 
you have your answer at shortstop. It is Javi Baez. And, you know, I, I'm not anyone that's looking at this like, oh, Javi Baez like, isn't a good player. Like that, that's just you're, you're factually incorrect. And you don't clearly wa- haven't watched enough of Cubs baseball and Mets baseball to, to, to make that claim. He's a fine player. He really is. I think he's going to be fine here in Detroit. But I think where people have their animosity is that it feels like we were almost promised Carlos Correa and you don't get a deal done for him. So that's well, where we're at. my biggest issue with the thing is you were pro. First of all, the whole idea, there has been this thing going on on Twitter the last couple of days, how the Tigers didn't want to get tied down to another Miguel Cabrera type of contract. They didn't want to do what they did with Zimmerman and what they did with Vimar and all these other things. Who cares? The majority of the big contracts the Tigers went on and made free agent splashes with usually worked. They usually worked. And just at the back end of your like t- eight to 10 years of solid baseball teams, it didn't work. And guess what? I, I literally, the one thing that bugs me the most about the Miguel Cabrera thing, not a single person cares that he's getting overpaid. And that like, and, and, and like not a single person cares and not even the organization should care that they gave him that deal. Because guess what? He's the best player you've ever had. He deserved every penny of it. And they signed it to him when he was like 35. They knew what they were in for. They literally, it was a bit, it was a thank you deal. That's what it was. Like people will talk about like the, I mean, a specific one when I think of the NBA is like Kobe. I think Kobe got paid. He got like two for 50 at the end of his career when he was nowhere near the type of player that deserved that type of money. But the Lakers are like, oh, we're going to suck. But thank you. You deserve this money. And that's how the Tigers, I feel like, when they gave that like contract to Miggy, did it. Like, I just don't understand the fact that it's like, you sign these contracts, you understand the last three to four years are probably going to be rough. And there's probably not going to be up to the value. But you just suck it up and pay it. And, and, and I'll go, like, Fine, you don't sign Korea. It is what it is. I'm not going to like talk about it for the rest of the time because I think that's counterproductive. But the whole idea of not signing Korea was also to get other pieces. You signed Erod and Javi. That was it. Like, why didn't you make a play for Verlin? Why didn't you make a play for John Dredd? Why didn't you make a play for more of these starting pitchers? They're like, you're acting like they were. It's. I do think the Tigers' plan was to sign Correa, and they chickened out because there's no other reason they only end up with Erod and Javi in this free agent period if that wasn't their plan because they have money. They have a lot of money to spend. Their payroll is going to be literally nothing when Miguel Cabrera comes off the books, literally nothing. And they don't have to pay half these guys for another four to five years. Like, it's just... I think their plan was to sign Correa. They got cold feet and they settled for Javi, which is fine. I actually, I don't hate the Javi signing, especially for the money you're paying him. Like, like Trent said, it was a good deal. It's a good term. I'm fine with it. The Eduardo Rodriguez deal. I like that deal too. It was a very team friendly deal, but I just, I clearly think they came into this off season with a plan and they didn't execute it because they're a bunch of pansies afraid to fork over 370 million when that 370 million, I know it sounds like a lot really isn't a lot when you look at that payroll and you could have easily deferred it. Most of his money after until the Miggy deal was off the books 
And then that, and then it's basically, he's your whole payroll, which is like nothing. Like you're paying like 75 million payroll. Is that really that much? No, it's not. But the Tigers are acting like they, I, I understand they spent $110 million for like five to six years trying to win a world series and it didn't work out. I get it. Maybe you're trying to recreate yourself and whatever this farm system like historically, the Tigers have never been able to build it that way. They've re- never have. They've always built it through free agency and other moves. So the fact that I don't know, it just makes me so upset that like the whole reasoning is, is they don't want to pay one player a specific amount of money when the value and, and and it's really not like as bad as it looks on paper. It's not that bad. It really isn't. I'm sorry. So that's a terrible reasoning not to sign Torreya. Do I hate the Javier Baez deal? No, I think he'll be a nice player. I think the Tigers got a lot better signing Javier Baez. But I, I think as a Tiger fan, you're entitled to be upset because you were sold a bill of goods, we're going to go spend, you're going to go spend, and they didn't really spend. They half-assed well, it. So They half-assed it. What's the old saying where it's like, you're only as good as you are up the middle? I mean, you now have Barnhart. I don't know, I don't know if that's a saying. But it, it, I, I think it is. Is it a saying? For yeah, baseball, saying. I think. It's an old man saying. <laughs> so you now got Barnhart, you got Baez, and then hopefully, you know, Riley Green. And talking about him, that just leads me into my point of, I think that this team maturing is almost the bigger story than the free agency. And Collins, I, I, that's where I agree with you. Like, I think the Tigers should have uh, broken the bank a little bit more. But I think they're, th- this team's progression is literally just, that's what they're banking on. They're banking on the fact that Torkelson and Green are going to be up here. And they're banking on the fact that the young pitchers are going to get a lot better. And, like, that's just how you're going to magically become, you know, a contender again. And maybe maybe they're right. Maybe they're horribly wrong. And, and you know, I guess that just ultimately is why I like the Javi deal. Would I have rather had Correa? Of course. But I can under- I guess I understand what they're trying to do. I just don't necessarily agree. But we'll I mean, the... The only way to like let this play out is to just let it play out. It sounds like the dumbest thing I've ever said, but that's the, I mean, that's true. You got to watch uh, Javi will be a good signing. This Erod guy will be solid. Matt Boyd's out by the way. Uh, Rabs, I know you're happy about yeah, that. I, I will you keep going. Cause I was going to oh, touch on that. That's too. all I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited for this team. I don't have a problem uh, yeah. with any of the signings. No, they're going to be better. I'm not like yeah. they got better this off season. They did. I'm not saying that, but they have – it's fair to say that this ownership, like, peed their pants a little bit. They got – they didn't want to play with the big boys, which is fine, hey. But, I, I mean, it actually, it's not fine. Like, I, I just don't get it. I, <laughs> I, I, I just don't get it. I, like – it just makes me very upset because they could have easily signed Carlos Correa and they decided that they were going to – they got nervous – over like a former Jordan Zimmerman deal when they were when they were spending like drunken sailors, this wouldn't have been like the case. But like this isn't a drunken sailor move. We've rebuilt for five years for all to come here, for all to get an impact player. And then they're acting like we've been spending money every offseason like idiot. We haven't. This is why you rebuild so you have the opportunity to have young people in place and then sign people like Correa. And they didn't do that. That's why I'm upset. Because they're acting like we didn't wait five years. Like, they haven't spent money in five years. Yeah, I I mean, I, I trust me, I 100% get the sentiment. I, you know, for me, on the flip side of things, as Trent alluded to, you know, some of the things that I 
have at least appreciated the Tigers have done is they've, you know, they finally cut ties with Nico Goodrum, who I was convinced that they were going to extend for like one more year and roll him out. So, um, and then Matthew Boyd too is, is informed that he will not be receiving a contract for this upcoming season. So, you know, to me, there's a little bit of addition by subtraction and I'm not going to say that I would definitely say Nico Goodrum. Like the, the thing with Nico is that, as we talked about all of last year, it was becoming this impossible carousel of like, who's playing it short today? Who's playing at second base? Why is Nico Goodrum getting innings over guys X, Y, and Z? So that to me is, you know, that was a, a foot in the, a foot in the ground decision of like, okay, you know, we kind of know who we want to move forward here with like, thanks for your time, but you know, it's, it's time to move on. And then Matthew Boyd, for me, I probably would have been fine with them bringing him back for another year. Um, just from the standpoint of, you know, you're not going to have Turnbull, it seems like, for pretty much the entire year. And you could squeeze Matthew Boyd into that, into the rotation and, you know, just and see what he has. And I, I think his trade value is, you know, all but nothing now after, you know, him being injured and the, the one great year that he had and whatnot, which obviously he was never going to return to that type of form. So, you know, for me, I you're I would like to think that, I mean, hopefully Riley Green could make the roster like out of out of camp and you know, Torkelson potentially as well, but, uh, you know, it's, it's all going to be about guys like Willie Castro, Harold Castro, Zach Short, what do their futures look like? If Ryan Kreidler is going to be involved in the mix at all this year, Cody Clemens is signed to the 40 man roster. So looking at him potentially to take over for scope, whenever is scope, is this scopes? How many more years do we have scope? Oh, they now? just, they extended them. They just re-upped yeah. him two more years. Yeah. So, so he's going to have this year and the following year. Yes, yeah, I believe correct. so. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So then, and then, then we look to the outfield where, you know, if, if you could have an outfield where you have, I mean, Hey, Badu in left and Riley green in center and I'm the role Grossman out in right field who, if Riley Grossman doesn't get traded at this year's deadline, I'm going to be pissed. Um, but other than that, I mean, they, they got better, you know, I don't know if they're necessarily like done, done in free agency. I don't really know what else there is out there to like go get as far as filling needs, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just like the team. I love the team on paper, especially if you can somehow whip Torkelson and Green into that lineup. You know, I love it. I love I love Scope at second. He's pretty good defensively. I don't want to see him at first anymore. You Dude, can, I, yeah, I will fucking – I cannot watch that guy play first base this year. Well, that's the Please. thing. A, a, an infield of – and, again, this is pipe dream scenario, but on opening day, if it's Torkelson at first, Scope at second, Javi at short, and then Candy at third – I will be over the moon and even more so if Riley greens in center, but yeah, that's all. All right, cool. Well, that's our tigers for the week. If anything else happens, I'll just keep you updated. Um, what do we have left? We'll do wings real quick. Um, I don't know. Is there anything to say on pistons before I just want to get out of the way? They, they suck. suck. Yeah, they suck. They the coach, suck. the coach stinks. The team stinks. And, well, I don't, they're just, it has been very disappointing this year. Killian and like Cade, like whatever. I mean, that's what you watch a team for in Peace too and Sadiq. But like, I mean, they just offensively, it is still a train wreck. And we're like this far into the season. So that's very concerning. But uh, Cade looks good at least. So. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll do, uh, we'll do wings. Um, last time we talked, they, uh, I believe they had just dropped the game to the coyotes and, and finished up that, that, uh, that little road trip pretty poorly since then. And I, this was, you know, one of those things that after we talked after, I think that we recorded on the day that the wings were playing the blues, maybe 
I don't know. Don't remember. Um, but either way, w- one of the biggest comments I made last podcast was how they respond to coming off of this road trip is going to tell you a lot about this team. And they come home to play the Blues, and the Blues have been very, very good this year. Um, granted, the Wings did not see Jordan Bennington. They saw Billy Huso, um, who's also been very good this year, too, in that. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, but that, that Blues team is pretty lethal up front, and they have a lot of guys that play a, a very complete two-way game that are very good in all three zones. And that was – I was in the building for that game um, working, and, and I remember leaving there. And in my end-of-the-night recap I sent to everyone I work with, I was like, this is the loudest the building has been in, in since its opening. And – that to me is just like, and you hear Blashill talk about it. You hear the players talk about it, how they feel that home ice advantage. They can feel the energy in the crowd. And like the, the, the Red Wings are all the way back. And, and I'm not sitting here telling you they're going to go make a, they're going to go make a run at the playoffs this year. And I'll they're get in a playoff in a spot right now. Yeah. I'll, I'll get to that in a bit, but um, the, the bottom line is th- this team, like there's, there is no more, I think a lot of times with these rebuilds and with these teams that obviously, you know, they don't play well. And then you kind of have that little bit of nerves of like, you're kind of waiting for them to fall off. Like you're waiting for the wheels to fall off the wagon. Cause you think it's almost too good to be true. And I think the worst of the Red Wings that you have seen this year is, was epitomized in that road trip of, you know, they kind of fall asleep for like four straight games. They end up getting like a point or two out of the road trip. But the bottom line is like this, this team is different. This, this has, this is a different life. They have a different energy to this group. And this is a team that's going to be hanging around in the middle of the pack of this league for the remainder of the year. And to, to Dom, I mean, they, 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 played as good of hockey as I have seen this team play in in years against the St. Louis Blues just all over the ice and in and they knew and one of the problems the wings the wings have is that late goal they always seem to give up that happened in the Buffalo game which I'll get to in a second but they always seem to give up that late goal in the game that either costs them the game or forces the game to overtime. They, they do that in the Buffalo game, but against the blues, I mean, they were locked down deep blocking shots. Robbie Fabry makes an unbelievable hustle play uh, to get to a loose puck in the offensive zone to bury the empty netter to win the game. So the blues game was great. Um, then they see the Sabres. The Sabres have been a bit pesky this year. You know, they're not the, the typical lay down Sabres as they have been the last couple of years. That was the game, too, where they were playing really well all game long. They let up that that late goal with, like, two minutes left to have the game go to overtime, and Lucas Raymond, that's the overtime winner. But a great win there at home. And then you go to Boston, and this was a game where if you look at the, if you look at the stats, the wings were severely, severely outshot. I mean, 16, 16 shots on net. And in a, in a game that they really had no business winning as, as uh, Boston put up 52 or 42 shots on Alex Nedeljkovic. Um, but, but nonetheless, somehow on the back of Ned, you win this game two to one and you go into Boston, which is never an easy place to play. It's always a very, very tough team to play and you get a win there. And I was watching that game last night. And just thinking to myself, like these, this is a perfect game right here. It's a divisional game against a team that probably on paper is much better than you. They didn't have Brad Marchand, but 
nonetheless, you know, this is this is the, the the type of game that you have to really dig deep and find a way to win. And they did. And and looking at the wings in their in their schedule, and most notably that the standings right now in the Atlantic Division. You know, they're, they are playing in one of the toughest divisions to play in in hockey, just from the, from the top with, uh, with Toronto, who's had a tremendous year this year. The Florida Panthers have been damn near unbeatable. And then you have the Tampa Bay Lightning. So you're sitting in fourth place right now. You have a six-point gap. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I completely misread that. I'm looking at the wrong thing. You have a three-point gap between you and the Bruins now, and you're three points away from, from the Lightning in that third spot. Um, you do have looks like four more games at hand than the Bruins and two more than the lightning. So the, the numbers are a bit deceiving just from based on games played, but the important thing is that you're right in the mix. The Sabres aren't going to catch you. The, the Habs aren't going to catch you. The senators aren't going to catch you. The Bruins are always going to be around. So it's going to be tough to, to find a way to, to get yourself in a spot to where you're one of those top three teams in the division. I don't see it happening, but the bottom line is they've been playing great hockey. They've now won three in a row. And, you know, I, I think uh, a, a couple notable things as far as the team is concerned. Now I think you're starting to see the real commitment to Alex Nedeljkovic as like, okay, we're going to, we're going to roll the balls out with Ned on more nights than, than not because he's played so well and, you know, Grice will be there as a backup that we feel comfortable with when he wants to or when he needs to give Ned a rest. And I'm more than comfortable with both options that you have in that. And I just think that it's 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 good to see them, you know, give Ned a chance and, and commit to him being the guy going forward. I, I doubt that he will be playing tonight since they just came off of a huge win where he, let, you know, again, took on 42 shots um, against Boston. So. Uh, the Wings have Seattle tonight at home for the first time. The Kraken will play at Little Caesars Arena. Um, and then you have the Islanders and, and Predators after that before you go back on the road to go see the Blues. So um, the last thing here I'll touch on that has been a bit interesting is um, Jeff Blashill's mixed the lines up a bit. To his credit, the lines have been very, very consistent for the majority of the year. I mean, years past, you know, you felt like you always saw a different lineup every single night, but um, the lines have remained pretty consistent for the last, uh, you know, couple months or so. And the, the biggest change that's been made is Philip Zadine has been dropped down to that fourth line. He's been playing primarily with Carter Rowney and Sam Gagne. Um, Giovanni Smith has been bumped up to that second line role to fill in Zadina's spot. Um, Zadina, I believe, has like a goal or two in the last in the last three games or so. So a bit of a nice wake goal up. against Boston last night. Yeah, exactly. A bit of a wake up call to him, I think, just as far as, you know, playing on that fourth line is going to force him to, um, you know, commit more defensively and and, you know, play with a bit more of that sandpaper that you need from guys to play on the fourth line. So um, definitely a bit of a wake up call for him, but he's at least been successful with putting the puck in the net. Um, you know, again, one of those guys that we watch every single year, he's still very young. It feels like he's been on this team for a long time now, but, um, you know, you're still looking to get a little bit more out of him. Um, so hopefully that fourth line move will, will continue to, you know, have some, have some good to his game. Um, the other thing too, guys, don't look now, Simon Edmondson, the big defenseman you just took in the first round this last year is absolutely tearing up the Swedish hockey league. And stop me if you've heard this before, because we had the same conversation about Mo Sider last year. But this this kid with his size and and I didn't realize how great of a 
skater and puck handler he was. And I, I, I think he like leads his team in points as a defenseman, constantly jumping up in the play, like just very smooth. I, th- this, and, and, you know, hopefully he, he comes over next year. I don't know what the plan is as far as, you know, what, you know, how, how soon they want to bring him over. You're, you're not going to see him this year. I don't really anticipate that happening, but I mean, things are, Things are just looking good, guys. It's a it's a great time to be a Wings fan, and you know, I and I, I think if you have not been to Little Caesars Arena yet this year for a Wings game, you know, if you if you don't believe me enough based on what I'm saying on the podcast every week, get yourself in the building, and and you'll see, you know, what kind of team this is on the ice. You know, the bit of the edge they play with, and 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 how dialed in the fans are. So it's been great. But Wings cracking tonight at seven thirty. Um, and that's all I have for wings. So uh, what else do we have to do today? Picks, trifecta? Yeah, let's do the picks first. Okay, we'll, uh, we'll jump back into the, the Lions, unfortunately. Again, I had absolutely no idea who this team was playing this week, so I will go look it up. Oh, the Vikings at home. The 0-10-1 Lions are playing the 5-6 and Minnesota Vikings. Um, the over-under for this game is 46-and-a-half, and the spread is 7. The Lions obviously – the underdog at home. Um, I think we're probably a little bit behind again, as far as the leaderboard um, for the picks, but we can, you know, get, get back to that. Um, Who wants to start? Lions and over lions and over. No Dalvin cook. Dalvin cook's not playing. That's about the only insight I can give you. Also no swift, but I do like Jamal Williams. I think he'll, uh, I don't think Sewell didn't practice today. So I'd love to hear that. So, um, he'll be fine. Even though, do you remember when they said Sewell was out for like two weeks and didn't miss any games? That was bizarre. Yeah, that was weird. That was like one of the weirdest things that's happened all year. Um, give me Vikings and over. I feel like this def the defense has played really well lately. And I feel like they're just, it's just one of those games where, the, the levies got a break every once in a while. Give me Vikings and over. Kirk Cousins actually having a pretty good year this year. As much as he gets shit on, he's he yeah, well, did, dude. He did, did you guys up under a guard? I was just gonna say that. Did you see that play where he lined up under the guard to take the snap? And, yeah. And, and Dalvin Cook real. runs up to him and he's like, "Dude, you gotta slide over." And then they had to take a <laughs> take a time gotta move over. I don't even understand what he was doing. Like he had to have a concussion, right? Like what was going Indeed. on there? CT takes no prisoners or not. Takes, I hope takes not. all prisoners. Yeah. Um, I hope he doesn't have that. Um, 46 and a half. I'll, I'll take the under um, just because again, I don't, I don't think the lions like the lion dude, you guys understand the lions can't score. Like, does anyone like they can't get in the end zone. So they're not going to be able to that. keep pace. I'll take the Vikings. I'll take the Vikings in the under. I just, again, I'm not going to watch the game. I don't give a shit anymore. Um, and they suck and whatever. So I'm going. It. I'll be there. I'm sure you will, Trent. Can't wait. Fantastic. At what Trent? At what point do you just start? Can, can you even get money for these tickets? Like, is anyone buying tickets? Like, there's no way. Like, there's yes, no one even dude. in the stadium. Oh no, no. Thanksgiving, I made a good profit. Very good profit. Well, that's well, everyone. Thanksgiving's like the one game people skewed data. No, well, the, this Sunday's game, the tickets are going for fifty. Cheapest tickets are fifty bucks. NFL games are expensive, Rabs. Kinda. Yeah, I guess. I, there will right. be there will be people there. I'm excited. But um, you want me to do the trifecta? We can get out of here. Crime man squad. Yep. Crime man squad and see double time. All right, trash trifecta. Thanks for coming. Boom shakalaka. Question number one: 
If you could get a beer with one current Detroit athlete, who would you get one with? Ooh. And where would you go? I had this How about that? We're, we're going to parlay this because my next question is, what's your favorite bar in downtown Detroit if you have one? So I, let's parlay it. So let's let's go. Where would you go and who would you have it with? Parlay, Jack Sparrow. Uh, oh. It's a tough question. I'm a, I'm trying to think of like a guy. Like, it doesn't have to be the best player. Just some, oh, I mean, I don't know where Miggy's sobriety is at. I that's so funny. I don't know where it's at, but like if he's drinking it, in, I would love to go to the old shillelagh with Miggy and Pratt a couple. But I, I'm just gonna say, hopefully he's sober still and like he's doing all right. So I'll, I'll pitch someone else. You don't want to enable? Um, that's nice. Yeah, of I'm you not enabling. Um, I mean, hockey players are fun usually, but I don't like. No, I mean Larkin doesn't strike me as. A, I mean, he probably is, but like, I mean, all hockey players are like not so. I like I don't. There's no one on the Red Wings that like. You know what I'm saying, Rabs? That like, you might have a better understanding than that. That like jumps to me. Maybe Jamal Williams. He seems like he would have a good time, but he also doesn't seem like he would drink. Um, he seems like he, he'd be more boring if he drank. Jamal Williams. Yeah, would be I'm like trying to think of another Tiger. Dude, I, well, I mean, no, I feel they're like all Venezuelan. Who? Baez. Didn't he, he have some drinking problems after it? I might have just made that up. All right, so Collins, your final answer is Javi Baez. No, no. Did you? What's your final answer, Rebs? Um, I would say two come to mind. I would say Frank Ragnar would be one of them. Great he's got, answer. He's got that like gritty. Like I, I just think we would get along really well. My other guy would be Mark Stahl. Okay, I like that. Those are two. Frank Ragnar is a great answer because. Like he's at that. He went to Arkansas. I feel like he just hammers Bud Lights. Yeah, yeah. Just crushes them. <laughs> yep. Ugh. Oh, that's funny. This is who is yours, Trent? You didn't even say yours. Dan Campbell. Just kidding. That was a joke. That was a joke. Fuck. My my ex. That guy not <laughs> drinking. Come Stop on, drinking everything. No, this is funny actually because my initial reaction was like Isaiah Stewart, but he's not twenty one, so I can't can't get a beer with Isaiah Stewart. Okay, um, yeah, no. it doesn't really matter when you're an NBA. Miggy, you're going to clubs every night. Miggy is exactly where my mind went. So that's funny you brought that up, Collins. I don't want to enable his. Yeah, we're not an enabler, but but I mean, I, M- Miggy is my answer. Like I would love that. I would I would laugh my ass off if I was sitting next to Miggy on a bar stool and just listening to him talk, and it would be great. I'm trying. to – I like maybe like I don't I feel like no give me Miggy I'm sorry Miggy yeah no it, I think that's the that's the best answer honestly yeah yeah whatever yeah. okay final question since that was two and one oh wait I didn't we didn't give the bar I honestly Trent like I said old Shillelagh hockey town hockey town cafe I honestly dude, I, I have never really like spent a lot of time like at the bar scene in Detroit. I I've been to like punch yeah, social either, once. I've never been to Tin Roof. Um so I I can't really give you a I'm not a solid answer as far as like what the best bar is or where I'd go. I can tell you that I'd like to go to the Tin Roof, which I'm trying to plan a little uh Red Wings outing for my friend group when everyone comes home for Christmas. So maybe we'll uh Head over there. Greek Town Casino is great, though. I've been there a couple times for the sports book. So. Have you never like been out? Like, have you? Have you either? Of you guys been to Ultra lately in Greek Town? No, no. Place is fantastic. Um, I I haven't really either, but my brother lives in Detroit, so I've been to a couple places. So, 
I don't know. I my favorite place I've ever been to was probably Old Shillelagh. I love that place. All right, good answers. Good answers. Harry's is good too. I like Harry's by LCA. Yeah, Harry's is good. Harry's is good. Never been. Heard about it. Um. Okay. Final answer. How do you pronounce Louisville? You pronounce it Louisville, Louisville or do you say Louisville? Can we talk about the fact why is Michigan State playing Louisville for like the third time in the last like seven years? It's the ACC and Big Ten Challenge or whatever. Yeah, but they play them. This is since De- I think they played them Denzel's senior year, and then they played them. I think two years ago. Yeah, they, they no, played them my freshman ago, year. The year we went year. to the Final Four, we played Louisville, and we lost. And then we're playing them again. Can we like? Can we get someone else on the schedule? Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's, we either play like Duke or Louisville. If you really think about it, the last like seven years. Yeah, money grabs though. You know, they want the Spartans on TV against one of those big programs. That's what they yeah, want. But Louisville sucks. We're not even that good this year. Yeah, I know. Like, I know. Let us play Virginia or something. I know they were supposed to play them last year. I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. I don't. The Louisville Michigan State doesn't do it for me. I, I think. Playing North Carolina would be really fun, but they obviously just give that to Michigan. But I think that well, they I mean Michigan's played them in recent years. State played I mean the last time Michigan State played North Carolina was non-tournament game. I'm thinking is Kennedy Meets. It was the year Michigan State was number one and they won in the ACC tournament, got killed at the Breslin to an unranked UNC team. And then they also played him the year after they lost them in the national title and the year before. So they've played them quite a few times. I don't know. I just feel like Michigan State has played like I, I I would have even appreciate playing Notre Dame. Like we played them one year in the ACC Bid Ten Challenge, and I love that. Yeah, like I would love to play Notre Dame again. So I don't know. All right. Well, how do you pronounce Louisville? You and you actually Louisville. Okay. The way you're saying it. Okay, Rabs. Do you have a different pronunciation or not? I always try to be respectful of the way that it's supposed to be pronounced. Like I've 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 transitioned to being an Oregon guy, not Oregon. Um, but I, I say Louisville. I, I like Louisville. Do people Louisville actually say to me Louisville? Is, no, no, one says no. Louisville. It's, it's, it's just Louisville. Like Louisville. Yeah, Louisville. Like, like you don't pronounce anything of it. It just kind of like sits in the back of your throat like Louisville. Yeah. I, I say Louisville. Okay, me too. I just – that was an interesting question because some of, some of my buddies here at the station pronounce it differently. So I just wanted to get your opinions on that. That is all. Thanks for coming. What a trifecta. All right, guys. Well, I think that was a pretty productive show today. We talked about a lot of college football, a lot of nonsense, went to Lions, back to college football, and then we rounded the bases. So, all right. Anything else? Anything else weighing on your heart? One pride. All right. Well, that'll that'll be it for today's episode of the Motown Rundown. For Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins, I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show on Twitter at Motown underscore rundown or on Facebook at the Motown rundown page. Uh, Do not miss a single episode of the show. We are on Apple podcasts and we are on Spotify. You can follow us, subscribe, rate us five stars, say something nice. Um, We have new episodes every single week. I promise you guys, I will post this one this time. It's coming up. Tebow time. Uh, That's all for this week. We love you guys. See you next time.